0: going on guys welcome to the new rich podcast i am your host i go by the name of rs plaza and today man we got a special guest in the building he goes by will butler what's up my brother how are you doing man i'm doing incredible man thanks for having me nah for sure it's a pleasure man And, and it's cool because i've known will for a while now um did we go to what middle school you went to no, I went to um, middle school in Miami. Okay. We so went to you, the same high school. High school. All right. So we went to the same high school. And we'll dive in with the story, man. But we'll tell them,
1: man, what you work on, what you do, man. Just give them a little two-minute drop. All right. Well, my background's in the mortgage, mortgage business by trade. Um, been doing that for close to nine years. So literally all of my adult life. Nice. Um, worked my way up to being the top 1% in production nationwide. Wow. like Funding over $80 million in in uh, real estate transactions. Um but really my passion really lies in in coaching people and building sales funnels to help skyrocket profits for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Nice man. That's super cool, man. And is and what's dope about Will
0: and my story with Will is that um Well, one shout out to Will. Will will be our special guest speaker at Leadership Talks, and he's going to bring down the house. He's trying to be very soft spoken today because we're on the radio, but I was watching some of his clips when we were offline and my brother Will is going to be incredible. His energy is going to be on a thousand. So make sure you go to Leadership Talks um, next Thursday. But anyways... Um, I got to see Will, we went to the same high school. So now, now we got it clear. We went to the same high school and then I moved out to Orlando and then I got to see Will, you come out to Orlando and just kind of like make a name for yourself. Um, and, and just silent, but deadly. So let's just start there, man. Like, how did you, you know, just come to this new city and, you know, look eight years later, which is not that long of a time, you know, in the mortgage industry and in your industry, you're known, like you talk about it, you know, so how, is, how has that been? Like,
1: well, um, I would say it 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 was actually forced upon me. Really. Right. So I worked at a, a Fortune 100 company. And what I did at the time when I lived in Melbourne, um, what I did at the time was loss mitigation. So I, I prevented foreclosures. I was doing whatever I could to keep people in their home so they wouldn't lose their house, uh, doing short sales, things of that nature. And in that process, um, you know, I was working at this Fortune 100 company, real corporate job. Um, I worked my way up to number three out of 17,000 employees in this one particular role. Wow. And so um, I don't say that to brag, but to, yeah. to let you guys know, like I was showing up early, I was staying late, I was putting in the work, I was doing everything that I thought that I was supposed to do, and I believe that I was supposed to do, and that leadership would see that, yeah. right? And, um, and so I knew there was always a shelf life on, in, in that career path. Once the economy got good, you didn't need people to, yeah. to prevent foreclosure. Um, but I figured, you know, this is a huge company, they could repurpose me. So when the time comes, I could I could work my way into leadership, whatever the case may be.
0: And at the time, just for like a reference to people, that was around like what year? That's like around like oh, nine ish, right? Like,
1: um, no. I was, I, yeah, that was probably two thousand twelve ish was around when. yeah, so People really are still in that
0: there. from like 2008, that recession and oh, all yeah. of that. So yeah, so
1: that's how you got plugged in. So now you're
0: you think people are going to notice you and what happens?
1: So uh, uh, an opportunity opens up at the at the company a leadership position and okay. I'm number three. So I'm like, all right, cool. I got an opportunity here. This is my shine. So I apply and come to find out they hire somebody else. Nice. Right. They well, didn't even nice, interview but- <laughs> me. They didn't even interview me. Damn. And so, you know, I'm the type of person when things like that happen, I'm, I I usually don't bite my tongue. You know, I'm not going to cause a scene or anything. but I went to the VP of sales uh, at that point in time or the VP of operations and I walked into her office and I said, um, hey, you know, I noticed that you guys filled the position, but you guys didn't even interview me. Yeah, I know how to do this. I could teach people how to do exactly what I'm doing and do it at a high level. So why wasn't I even interviewed? And she told me two things. And for everybody who's listening, I want to make sure that you guys hear this as well, because grab your pen, grab your pad, have your pen, yeah. your pad. Because at the time I had such cool. a big ego this that I great. didn't actually hear what she told me. Mm, so what she big. said was, number one, well, um, we didn't interview you because, number one, you don't have a college degree. So when I heard that, I thought that was, well, that's stupid. And I still think that's stupid. <laughs> I? I don't think that's, <laughs> right? I don't think that that college is stupid, but I think that if you judge somebody's potential and their work based on a, a piece of paper, that's stupid. Number two, she said, you don't have the emotional intelligence to lead people. Ooh. And I was like, oh, that's that's dumb. <laughs> that's, I was like, oh, that, that, you know, I don't even know what you're talking about. People respect me. I know what I'm doing. And so, um, so what ended up happening is I didn't change anything about myself. Mm. I just continued on the path and just producing. I was like, eventually they'll, they'll recognize me. One day, big week from New York comes down and says, man, you guys are all doing amazing. 2,000 employees in this one uh, building. Says you guys are doing absolutely incredible, but we don't need any of you guys anymore. And just like that, 2,000 people without a job. My friend literally just bought a house the week before, closed on his house. Um, and within two weeks of that happening, my girlfriend left me, mm. lost my house on the beach. Mm. And I found myself living in my brother's spare bedroom with wow. nothing to show for anything. Um, I had no money saved because I was, you know, uh, about six months prior to that, I lost $59,000 in a bad investment because I was naive. I was dumb. Um, thought it was going to last forever. Thought it was going to last forever. Been there. And, um, and so now I find myself humbled mm. with nothing to show for anything. And, uh, and I was honestly, I was embarrassed. Because when I lost that money in that company, not only did I lose my money, but I told my friends and family to invest and they lost their money too. Wow. So now I'm sitting there feeling like a fraud. I feel like an imposter. I didn't know really um, you know, that I could rebound from where I was, but I, I made a decision at that point in time when I was uh, laying in my brother's bed and just really feeling down on myself. I said, I'm not even gonna go look for a job right now. And for the next 30 days, the only thing I did was I, I read autobiographies, I read books, I watched YouTube videos, inspiration, And then I also made the decision, a huge decision, because I know there's a lot of people listening right now that have been listening to your podcast from the beginning. They're listening to personal development. They're listening to the gurus, the experts out there in the world. And everybody who's listening to this right now, you already have everything that you need. Yep. Talk about it. But what stopped me was I made the decision at that point in time that I was no longer going to stop doing or I wasn't I wasn't going to let the fear of not knowing what I was doing Stopped me from just taking action And doing what I knew I, That I needed to do And so when I decided To come over here uh, And move to Orlando I said I'm going to go To a new environment No distractions No friends No family You were here But you know We, yeah, we, were, we yeah, didn't feel like that Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I was like I'm going to go to Orlando And wherever it is That I decide to go I'm going to be the hardest Worker in the room That's up. And um, and so I was living in my, Still in my brother's Spare bedroom Driving an hour To Orlando For Um I did that for about 45 days until I saved up enough money to, you know, to move over here. Um, but during that period, which I think is important for people to understand, I, I never closed my first transaction in the mortgage business until 96 days. Wow. So for those of you who are entrepreneurs and you think like, oh, I haven't made any money. I started my business. I haven't made any money in the first month, two months, three months. What if I, what if I stopped on day 90 or even 95? Yeah. Right. Um, and it took me 96 days to close one, but by the end of my fourth month, I had 32 transactions in the pipeline. Wow,
0: wow! Um, and that makes me think, you know, like you I'll go to these sales training, they always say like, we live in a in a 60 90 day world, mm. you know. So what you do early on, you know, you're gonna see those results. You know what, like what what's your what's your grounding for today? You're gonna see the results in 60 90 days. Um, and, and that actually transitioned to one of the things that I actually took notes to ask you about I think like you know because I, I was able to like we weren't super close but I was always around you in this yeah. period you know subcon- like you know around the, around the business so I was able to see what you did and I felt like you went into this I agree with you you went into this new environment and you put your head down and you went to work mm-hmm. like you really went to work my man and Appreciate I like that, that. And, and, and that's why I wanted to ask you like what was that like you know, cause in the beginning I've seen you out a few times. Cause again, we were close to, in the respect for the business. I seen you out a few times, but then it also almost, I, I seen you kind of shift the gear a little bit more and just really put your head down and work. Like, what was that? Like, what got you to that mindset to click?
1: To really just put in the work. Yeah.
0: Cause like, <laughs> you just, like, I feel like there was, you know, you were kind of cool, cool, cool. All of a
1: sudden and I just seen my man will just really lock in. Yeah. Like, um, so I would say pain. Honestly, That's I went good. through enough pain that I said, I'm not going to let this happen again. So when that happened, I busted my ass for the next 120 days or so to fill up my pipeline. And the, the next challenge came. Right. And this is the thing that really pushed me to another level was I hadn't grown into the person capable to sustain the business. That's good. So That's 32 good. contracts in my pipeline, uh, only 16 of the 32 ever closed uh-huh. because I was getting 30 day contracts. It was taking over four months to close. Um, I didn't understand how to communicate with all the parties involved in a transaction. I didn't know how to to provide a world-class experience, not only for the consumer, but all of the, the referral partners, the the other vendors, everybody who's involved in this transaction and keep everybody happy, keep everybody informed so that I didn't just get the first deal, but I also got the second deal, the third deal, the fourth deal, and and I literally imploded. I lost everything, so I built up my business. And what, when I say I was busting my ass, guys, like I'm talking 12 to 14 hour days, and the only thing i was focusing on i was literally making over 150 200 calls a day That's crazy. for four straight months cold calls and then i would walk into real estate offices and try to build relationships with realtors because i understood um, there's two ways to build a business right you could either go direct to consumer mm-hmm. or you can go direct to referral sources That's that can bring you consumers and so i figured i can go straight to referral sources that can bring me business if, if somebody's buying a home, I understand that they're going to buy a home every five to seven years. So that's one deal every five to seven years. But if I if I work with a realtor who's closing one deal a month, even that's 12 deals a year. So I, I shifted my focus to begin working with realtors who would then bring me business instead of trying to find the next consumer to, to give them a mortgage. And um, in that process, I was building up these great relationships with these realtors and my business imploded. And I literally burned all the bridges with all those realtors. One of my best friends today was one of those realtors. Her name was wow. Jennifer. She was in the mastermind. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, Jen. Shout out to Jen. What's Shout up? Shout out
1: to Jen. Um, she was in our mastermind. She didn't speak to me for a year. Wow.
0: And that was just what? Because you neglected the relationship? Did you get cocky? Or was it just like, just a sense of just walking away like, oh, the money's
1: over here? Like, I would say it was a combination of a, a little bit of everything. Um, but I, I wouldn't say it was so much ego as much as it was. When the challenges began to arise, I didn't know how to handle them. That's good. And when it was one, I could handle it. But when it was two, three, four, five. Was it immaturity or was it just like lack of knowledge? Because I I would say both. Yeah, because
0: Um, it's funny, man, just like being real and keeping it real. Like, you know, we talked a little bit about relationships offline and, you know, like. I've had this, this season, if you will, of like solitude mm. in that essence of just being alone and really like keeping it real with myself too. Like, I love what you said early on is like, you know, they told you, but you didn't listen. Like mm-hmm. the boss, boss lady told you something, yep. and you know, listen, when you said that, man, I got some flashbacks. I'm like, <laughs> Woo. Um, but I say that to say, it's like in this season, I've really listened to myself and like, all right, Looked at certain things and like been able to identify and say, wow, that was immaturity. in me." Mm. like just being real, like I just wasn't ready for this or even like with like my like, man, like I've made great money. But I was like, you know, I probably haven't gotten to that big level yet because I probably would have mismanaged it mm. at the moment. You know what I'm saying? So it's really like taking this time to like just kind of look at everything and say, OK, let me keep be real with myself. And so I, I love that. I love that you said that because sometimes it's immaturity and it's lack of knowledge. Right. And you we got to educate and be real to move forward with both.
1: Oh, for sure. And I love that you said solitude, because I remember one time you said this. It always stuck with me. Um, you said you take yourself out to dinner. Yeah. Take yourself on a date by yourself. Yeah. And I used to think that was like that. It was weird. You see people like that. You know, I was just in Italy uh, last week. While I was in Italy. There was a guy eating dinner uh, next to us. And in Italy, the tables are really close to each other. And yeah. so I'm sitting there across from my wife and she's like, hey, let's talk to this guy. I feel bad because he's by himself. And I was like, man, he's probably really enjoying himself yeah. by himself. Um, because in solitude, that's the time when you can actually have conversations with yourself and you can be truthful about where it is that you are. Yeah. I think the big problem, especially with men, mm-hmm. especially with, with businessmen mm-hmm. uh, in America, is that we tend to mask things yeah we 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 tend to not be truthful about where it is that we are and if we're not truthful about where we are we won't know the coordinates or we won't know the path to take to get to where it is that you want to be yeah because if you're really over down here but you're pretending to be up here the path you're going to take is different to get to here
0: yeah yeah i i i totally agree and something that i've been i've been dwelling on um, it's like putting together, you know, like how we had our mastermind and we'd have mm-hmm. coffee. I want to do something like that, but not even business related, mm. more just like men related, you know, get a group of like eight dudes that we go through this like little th- three week, four week period. But we just kick it. And we just talk about these type of things. Because mm. again, in these, in this moment of solitude, I'm being real with myself on that mental level mm. too. Like, yeah, the business and all of that is cool. But like, what makes me happy? What is it that I want? What aggravates me? What, you know, um, what have I been holding on to? Right. Mm. I think that's something like in this season, I've been able to really to look at like, even like, why am I certain ways? And it's crazy if you really like start to unlayer it, you could go back to when you were a child and be like, wow, this is why. And I'm holding mm. on to that thing. Yeah. Still, it's crazy, man. So
1: ha- have you experienced that? Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you. I remember very vividly. So uh, when I was nine years old, um, I sang in my first ever talent show. All right. Now this was something that I always wanted to do. When I was younger, I would you got sing. some tunes that <laughs> you you say sing? What? <laughs> yeah, man. I I knew. I knew, here's the, I, like I, knew I was going to be an entertainer. I knew that I was going to sing. Like, but I, I said singing was going to be the the route I was going to take. Um. So I signed up for this talent show. And it was the first time I was ever going to do it. And I remember I'm standing behind the curtain. And, um, and they're about to call my name. And so when they call my name, I have, I literally have all these butterflies, like even just thinking about that moment. Cause the first time I stepped in front of a, a microphone and, um, and I have all these chills, man. Like my, my, I remember sitting there my, the goosebumps on my arm, the, the hairs on the back of my neck are raising and I'm about to go up there. And as soon as I'm in front of the mic, I feel like this is where I belong.
0: Mm, that's good. And
1: I sing a song, what a beautiful world by Louis Armstrong. Okay. And, uh, but what I didn't know at the time was you're supposed to sing it in your own voice and, and bring your own artistic essence to the song and sing it in your own voice. But what I did is I sang it in Louis Armstrong's voice. Okay. So I sang it, uh, you know the song? Uh uh-uh, uh. It's a good, good drop, drop on live, bro. <laughs> so it I say, what a wonderful world. Right? right. So I'm singing it like this, okay. and I sing an entire song with this fake, raspy voice. And I remember I got a standing ovation. And, uh, you know, everybody got a standing ovation, so it didn't really mean anything, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but it was the first time anybody stood for me.
0: Mm, talk about
1: it. So I was like, man, I ended up losing, didn't win or anything. But I remember on the way back home, I'm sitting in the back seat of my parents' car, and my mom turns to me. She's sitting in the passenger seat. And she turns to me. I have this big-ass smile on my face. She's like, oh, you know, what are you so happy for? And I was like, oh, I, I can't wait to do this for the rest of my life. Mm. She's like, well, well, do what, honey? So I can't wait to in for of audiences for the rest of my life. Like, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And after witnessing what she just witnessed, she, you know, with all the love in her heart, she says, oh, well, you know, that's great, honey, but, you know, why don't you do something more realistic? Ooh, damn. Why don't you go be a, a doctor or a lawyer? And I remember just agreeing with her. I said, oh, okay. But what I realized in that moment was that was the first time in my entire life that i realized i had to change who i was in order to receive love yeah now receiving love from your mom who's supposed to love you unconditionally which my mother does like don't get me wrong she loves me tremendously but that's what i interpreted from what she had said to me she was trying to protect my fragile heart my little ego um you know doing the best that she could yeah um but the the compound effect of me wearing this mask and the way it carried over and everything else i did like pretending to be somebody i wasn't for the affection and approval of other people How do you think that would show up in your personal life? Oh, with with your with a significant other, you're dating a girl, you're pretending, pretending to be somebody. And I think this is the biggest problem today in the world is that we all go into relationships, even business relationships, intimate relationships, and you pretend to be somebody you're not. And everything's magical for the first three days. Yeah. Right. Or even month. And then after that, you're both miserable. The reason you're both miserable is that you were both pretending to be somebody that you weren't to gain the affection of the people. And now you guys are, you guys, and when I say pretend to be somebody you're not, you're doing the little extra things that you normally wouldn't do because you're pretending to be somebody you're not. That's good. And that was the, one of the biggest breakthroughs I had because those same walls that I was using to protect me from pain, I didn't want to feel rejection. So I always pretended to be somebody I wasn't with the same walls that kept me from actually true joy and happiness and fulfillment.
0: Yeah, I I love that, man. And I talk about that with like music and stuff with Mm. me. Like, you know, I went through this period when I wanted like I ran away from this image when I left Melbourne, like I was running away from this image. Mm-hmm. You know, you you knew you probably yeah. heard some things from me back home, but I was I was trying to run away so much from this image that I wanted nothing to do with certain things that mm-hmm. I was from the past. So like music, certain things like I didn't want you to know me as a rapper or anything like that. I wanted you to know me as this business guy, as this, you know, I was wearing a suit now I'm working out this thing. Mm-hmm. So you know I I kind of masked that shout out to the mastermind like they helped me like really you know just being so creative and so outgoing you know like being around them and and partaking in certain things I got back to that Mm. and then again like after this season I was talking about somebody the other day it's like you know I ran away from like being funny you know and like um just doing certain things because I kind of wanted to hold this professionalism and be a speaker and all of that but then like recently I just been being funny and like using it to my leverage with marketing and all of that and it's like it works yeah you know because it's me and people just see like man it's you yeah. you know <laughs> hello jim this yeah. is a- <laughs> yeah. dude. you know how much people call me about that stuff but yeah. it's like i'm getting to this place in my life where i'm just happy being me and like mm. you know like even sunday i went i went out with my buddy and he's like really known in the city and, and he's having an event and i was like once i got to the event i was like you know what let me go stand over here by myself like it there there's this There's this satisfaction, man, of just being you Mm. that I feel like we just need to get back to. Like, whatever it is that makes you happy, that makes you tick, go do that, man. And, like, build your own tribe. You know, the people that want to run with you are going to run with you. Mm. And like the stupid, weird, whatever ways it is that you are,
1: you know. Dude, I I love that. I really love that because I, I see you and I see you. Authentically being you, right? <laughs> and like every time I see those videos, hey, hey, German, you know, and you're, you're pretending to be a reporter. Every time I see them, I'm like, that's hilarious, man. And you you it looks like you're having a blast. It looks like you're yeah. having so much fun. And I I believe that there's a lot of people who want to have fun, but they're doing the same thing that you used to do. Yeah. Uh, pretending to to be this, this perfect professional. When the truth of the matter is all of your imperfections are what makes you attractive. Yeah. Yeah. And you know it. Do you mind if I, you know, touch on what you just spoke about and how it relates to business? Oh yeah,
0: hundred percent. Let's talk.
1: So you, you spoke about, you know, just being funny, being yourself, and attracting your tribe. Mm-hmm. When it comes to business, this was one of the most powerful things that I've ever learned as it pertains to business. Was that there's two types of people in business. All right. Number one is the busy bee. Yeah. these are the people who their' calendars packed. they're they're constantly looking for every single deal. They're chasing everything. they're they're scrolling through Facebook, looking for opportunities. They're going after everybody, and there's nothing wrong with that. They make money, but they're enslaved to their business. The other person is the flower. The flower, instead of hunting for for bees, naturally attracts the bees to them with pollen mm, by being good. the attractive character. And what what makes you magnetic, what makes you that flower that draws people in? is embracing your imperfections and embracing the fact that you know, you're not perfect and you're, just, you're you're, you're, loving it anyways. Yeah.
0: Like it's funny, even in my gym videos, if you really pay attention, I make fun of myself. Mm. Like in the last one, I'm like, uh, you know, Jim, you know, you know, I don't really know how to spell. Right. And, and, and like, you know, cause it's just, Look, it is what it is. Okay. Like, I'm not the best speller, but I could go on stage and speak very well and have very dynamic conversations. I'm not great at math, but I know how to look at my bank account and make sure that it it checks and balances. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So there there, there's an ability, and I, and I see that about you too. Like you you you're you're growing into you know just who you are and, and what you naturally want to do, and that's dope. And I think that you know how much of that has to do with now, like your coaching you know I want to talk about mm-hmm. like you know now you you've, you've been so successful in these you know these last 8 year run you know I know you transferred to coaching and do a more coaching opportunity what is your coaching style and like what does somebody expect being coached by you like
1: yeah so to be coached by me really it's me just asking questions yeah. I, I think the the most important thing you could do is is help people find the answers themselves and not just give it to them mhm Um, so that's what I like to do, man. I I like to find out what it is that you actually enjoy. I want to, I love to find out who you really are and how we can bring that to the table so you can have fun while you're doing your business, but also, um, you know, identify what, what are the, the small hinges that swing the biggest doors in your business? Yeah. Because there's so many different ways. Like I'll share with you a story is once I learned, like, do you do any database marketing? Are you familiar with database marketing? I I, I get it. Yeah. Okay. So um, just to share with you an example is I neglected this for so many years. I've heard it many, many, many times of, hey, your database is important. Your database is important um, because you hear things when it comes to marketing. You hear things like, oh, what's your cost of acquisition? Like, what does yeah. it cost to acquire a customer? And most businesses, when they acquire a customer, it and let's say you, if I'm selling a product for $50, it actually costs me. $70 to acquire that customer for 50, for example. Yeah. Right. So I'm at a deficit. So negative $20. Most businesses they say, oh, that's a loss. Let me turn off the ads. I'm not making any money. Let me just try to do it all on my own without using advertising. But when you start doing that, you don't realize that all of the money is made on the back end. It yeah. costed me $70. I, I sold a product for 50. So now I'm in a deficit of $20. But do I have a system in place that could naturally take somebody from where it is that they are? A customer that bought something from me to now buy something else from me that's good so um that's what relentless revenues coaching is all about right relentless revenues the whole premise of it is how can we acquire customers at the lowest level or at the cheapest level bring them in the cost of acquisition is fine because if i'm selling a product my first coaching client by the way this i think is a good story to share um as we talk about like the idea of belief the first client that ever hired me to coach them paid me twelve thousand dollars Wow. For, uh, for 12 weeks coaching one hour a week. And the only reason why is I didn't know any better. So I was going through coaching. Like I always believe if anybody's ever looking for a coach, don't hire a coach that doesn't get coached themselves. Yeah. And so when I I
0: tap onto that too, but yeah.
1: Yeah. So when I, when I started going through this coaching process, um, you know, I was talking to my coach. I was like, well, how do I determine how much I charge? I was going to like, Oh, I'll just charge $200 an hour or something like that. He's like, that's no, absolutely not. He's like, you're selling a result. You're not selling by the hour. You're not selling your time. That's what employees do. Mm, That's good. I said, oh, well, I'm selling a Mm. a result. So, how important is the result that I'm selling, or the 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 solution that I'm providing? How important is that to these people? Yeah, that's good. And um, and so he's like, all right, well, what would you charge? And I said, all right, well, my first client, I don't know what I'm doing, so let's just say three thousand dollars. He's like, double it. I was like, six thousand dollars. And he's like, yeah. He's like, and when you think that's too much, double it again. And I was like dude, there's no way. And he's like, he's like, I think just based off our of conversations, you could charge $20,000. People would pay it. But it was a limiting belief I had. So when I, when I got my first call with this lady, um, I, I told her, uh, she's like, well, what is your fee? We go through the process. And I said, well, normally my fee is $20,000. And then I started backpedaling because I didn't know it. I was like, oh, 20,000. And I was like, oh my God, that's so much money. I was like, you know, no, but if you take action today, I'll give it to you for 12,000. She's like, okay. And I was like, Really? Like in my mind, I'm like, for real? And then I was like, oh shit, I don't even know how to take the payment. (laughs) So like, you can't just say, oh, here's PayPal 12 grand because they're capped at $3,000. And so I had to go online and find out who could take the payment. And while I have this laid on hold for 30 minutes while I find a payment processor that could take a $12,000 payment. And so that was the first client I ever acquired. How
0: did you market yourself to like, you know, even even put yourself in that position?
1: Um, I would say just just bringing value to people, man. I think that, um, but like, did she like, like, did you know her? And like, it was just like, Oh, well I do coaching too. Like, how
0: did she, how did you even get that person to sit down with you and have that conversation?
1: Building relationships with referral sources, mm-hmm. right? Which I spoke about when it came to the mortgage business, the same thing here. I, I look at everybody as a potential referral source. And I look at people with, uh, with influence, especially as potential referral sources. Um, so, how could I bring value to the market? How could I help solve people's problems so that when they think of somebody who needs coaching, they think of me, right? And so what I did was, I mean, you, you follow me on Instagram. I mean, I, all I, I just put content out there that was different, that was authentic, that was real, that I felt would pull on people's heartstrings. Um, and then it's like, hey, check this person's Instagram. I, I think you're gonna like them. Oh yeah, cool, referred to me had the conversation and you know, I wasn't ready to even start coaching. It just kind of just happened. Um, So really the, I would say the biggest thing is whatever, anybody's listening to this, if you want to market yourself in a way um, that people remember, you have to first be clear on what your value proposition is. And you want to be clear on who it is you're marketing to. Yeah, Because your value proposition is going to be determined based on who you're marketing to, Mm -hmm. right? Not necessarily the other way around. Because if I say, oh, here's my value, My value is I can teach you how to close five, five loans a month. I can help you make an extra $10,000 a month, right? If I'm making a million dollars a month, how valuable is what you just sold me? Yeah, a whole lot. (laughs) Right. And so, or or not very at all, right? Because if I'm making a million dollars a month and you're telling me, you can, you can help me make $10,000 a month. There's there's no value there. You're not going to get this sale. But if my value proposition isn't here, I can make you make $10,000. Hey, I can help you earn an additional $10,000 while protecting your time so that you can spend more time with what matters most to you, which Mm -hmm. is your family. And so you don't miss any of those magical moments. So becoming clear on who it is that you're marketing to, understanding their needs, their pain points, the solutions that they really want, and then portraying your message in a way that says, hey, I understand you. Because when it comes to marketing, the most important thing you could do is when people, well, they'll put out a post on, on social media, for example. And we know these people. They'll yeah. put out a post. And when they put out a post, they're putting out a post solely so that people could understand them. They're putting it out. They're seeking significance. They're, they're looking to say, oh, look at me. Yeah. Look at either how great I am or, oh, life sucks. Look at look at how bad it is. But if you change the context to here, I can show you how bad my life was or even currently how bad my life is, right? And I say, I can be going through something terrible. And I could share that and people say, oh my God, I feel so bad for you. But if I'm if I'm putting out the content and it's always based on what is the value I'm bringing to them, I can yeah. tell them um, the story of everything that's going wrong with me, but what is the gift I found in this?
0: That's good, that's and,
1: good. And just constantly looking for that. Because I think if we could teach people how to think, mm-hmm through like your influence will never run dry
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah no i i I agree man and
0: like that's what i focus on even with the podcast with leadership talks like it's like what can i bring to the audience at the highest value Mm -hmm. to help them shift right like that's what i'm always thinking like that's like you know even with you like that's why i even gave you a call you know offline i'm like yo i need the heat i like you know because i just want or even bringing you to the table to begin with. Like, I knew that you were, yeah, on fire. Like, you're going to add value and, you, and, you, and you're going to build these people up and help them shift. So that's, like, the importance. And, you know, I love it. You, you have to invest in, mm-hmm. like, what it is that you want to see. What is that outcome? And I want to touch on that. Like, you, talk, you talked about, like, you pay for coaching, mm-hmm. right? And, like, what's the high, if you don't want me asking, what's the highest amount you've paid for, your, for yourself for a coach?
1: Uh, 2,500 a month. And I did that for eight months. Wow. Yeah. Uh, most of them though, most of them, they, they sell results. So they'll just do like a, a large lump sum up front for 90 days, six weeks, something like that. That's crazy. And like, dude, that, that in itself is tough.
0: Like, mm-hmm. you know, putting this amount of money for like, I don't really know these results. You know what I'm saying? Like you just kind of, Oh,
1: dude, I, I love that you said that because if you take into account the last, uh, the last 12 months of my life. I, I actually, because I told you I just hired another coach yeah. today before I And every time here. I talk
0: to you, I'm like, I coach this, I got coach that. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you're the coach
1: man. So the coach I hired today was 9800 for 10 weeks. Prior to that, I was at 63000 over the last 12 months in investing. And the reason I'm sharing this is not to say, oh, look how much money I'm spending on this. But it's because I understand that the value that I'm going to take from this coaching the compound effect of what I'm learning and how much money it's actually going to make me, I'm essentially betting on myself Yeah, yeah. with the knowledge good. I'm getting. Because if you think about it, like my wife, for example, she has a degree from U of M, the university of Michigan. let talk about it. Right. And let's say she, I don't even know what her student loans are, but they may be 50, $60,000. What she learned in those four years, you know, she finds it really, really valuable, but I know it's not as valuable as what I learned. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Because, What we learn in real world, what what you learn in school, uh, in the traditional education system in college, they say what you learn in school by the time you graduate is already out of date in four years. I agree. You learn something in college, in four years, it's obsolete. It doesn't matter anymore.
0: And and I had like, like Dan, shout out to Daniel on the podcast. I think he has, what's his course called? Mastering. Oh, he's going to kill me for this. Mastering college. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, he was talking about the rate of like, even even with that degree, once you get that degree, there's like, I think it's like 80% of the people are only making 40000 And on top of it only being 40000 like most of the people aren't even using that degree mm-hmm. to um, what it is that they're doing, you know. So that's crazy. And that's why I love um, Napoleon Hill. And I'd be like, that. he's the Bible, you know, Thinking Grow Rich talks about it. It's such an outdated, like timeless book because it talks about specialized knowledge. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you're doing is you're investing in specialized knowledge to drive what it is that you're driving. And it's wild today. You say that cause I had a call today and I'm like, yo, bet on you. Somebody called me for advice and I'm like, yo, bet on yourself, mm-hmm. you know, just bet on yourself, have the balls to bet on yourself. Um, you know, why is it that you, how did what helped you get to the point that you say, all right, I'm, I'm down to bet for bet on myself because it, it's so surprising how much people don't bet on themselves.
1: Yeah. Great question. Great question. And I would say, it, it was the pain that drove me. And exactly. you hear this all the time. It was really, it was the pain that drove me because I never bet on myself until I was laid off by that Fortune 100 company. Mm. And I remember just going through this pain and I was like, I don't ever want to go through this again. So it now I adopted a new, a new level of work ethic, right? Because I had this, I always had a work ethic, but now- I had to work at the said, I'm gonna determine my own worth. I'm not gonna go work for a company that says, here's your salary. That's good. Say, I'm gonna get paid for production. I'm gonna go, what if I if I produce better, I wanna make more money. Yeah. Um, and when that started happening, I started and I started making, you know, real money for a change. And when when I started making more money, it's interesting because when you start cur- once once you start having successes, you start creating more belief. And I have this formula, I have a book that I'm working on. Uh, it's called The Missing Piece. And in the missing piece, there's a there's a piece in the book that I that I speak about, um, and it, it's drawn out in this graph. And the way the way I look at it is this: you have, if you want to create belief in anything that you do, if you want to start betting on yourself, the first thing that you have to do is you have to know what your commitments are. That's good, right? Simple. Number one: what are my commitments? Number two: my follow through. My follow through to those commitments will determine my. Number three, self-esteem. My self-esteem will be stacked. So think of self-esteem like building blocks or Lego blocks. And I know here's my commitment. I'm going to make 100 calls a day. My follow-through, I make 100 calls. I add a a Lego block. I do it again. The next day, I have two building blocks. I do it the third day. I got a third block, fourth block, fifth block. And I'm going through this. I'm like, man, I'm building up my self-esteem. I skip a day that I was committed to getting it done. I skip a day. I don't lose one block. I lose two, three, four blocks. So when it comes to building up your self-esteem and building up your belief, it all goes back to what is the commitment, number one? Number two, what is the the follow through to those commitments? Number three, you start building up the self-esteem. Once you start building up the self-esteem, you'll start producing better results. That's good. Because it's not about what it is that you do as much as it is how it is you're actually doing it. Because you could show up, for example, for we both speak on stage, yeah. right? And if you're if you're stepping onto a stage or you're even on a sales call, you could use a script and in, in this whole framework on uh, to convert this person to make a sale. But if you talk to them like this, like oh, yeah, so I mean, our product's amazing, and you, you know you're gonna want to buy this. Yeah. Nobody's gonna buy it because the energy connecting. sucks, yeah, right? But if you do it like, dude, you're gonna love this. This product's incredible. Here's all the people that it's helped. It's different. It's a different energy. So the the state in which I brought to the activity produced a better That's result. That's good. And then once you start getting better results, it then creates bigger belief. But it all starts with your commitments. Follow through. All right,
0: all right, all right man, don't don't, don't give them too much, man. Don't give it too much. Let's just start to wrap it up because I feel like we're going to give them a lot more next Thursday. Man, it's going to be epic. And I already see you diving in there, my brother. Man. Thursday's going to be just dope, bro. Mm. I'm excited for it. So on this segment of the show, man, it's sorry to cut you. I just, we we just can't, we just can't keep giving them all of this knowledge for free. Absolutely. And if you
1: guys, if you got value out of this, you you don't, you don't even know what to expect on on and We can't dive too
0: deep. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to give them, we don't want to give them too much especially free before they come to the event not like that good jazz brother, i appreciate all the knowledge but this part of the show we just asked you four questions and it's just you kind of end the question right so the first one is when i was younger i loved i love video games all right which games you played Man, I was I was You're a like nerd. a shooter yeah. game. Like, no, man, no. I mean, I
1: used to play Counter Strike back in the day, but no, nah, dude, I was I was a, a nerdy gamer. I I used to What's play that? StarCraft computer games. Oh, okay, okay. I'm, Robert I'm and Dem are that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, say, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Robert and them are really into all of that. So Starcraft. Absolutely. Starcraft. Absolutely. Th- that's funny. Um,
1: my mother always told me she always told me to believe in myself even though she said that story she always told me to believe in myself (laughs) ironically
0: right um your favorite
1: color is navy blue why i just love it man yeah i just there's something about it it's it's not it's not quite black it's a little friendlier than black but it's still clean yeah
0: i like the navy the yankee you know yankee blue is my
1: thing um your first car was Ooh, 1993
0: Nissan Sentra. Nice. What do you remember about that? We're like, what stage oh, of your
1: life? Geez, dude, I got it the day I graduated high school. It was mm-hmm. a, a gift from my parents. No AC in Florida. Uh, it was rough, man. It had 200,000 miles when I got it. It died six months later. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was on a in an intersection. My car was literally just smoking everywhere. I had to pull over and the car just died.
0: That's hilarious. I had a very similar situation. I thought my what, car- What was your first car? My car was like, it was like a 1993, I believe too, 1996. It was the MX-6. Okay. Um, And this thing was stick shift. Um, I had to put like a thousand dollars, like they gave it to me and I still had to put like a thousand dollars into it. And then it had no AC, mm. no radio. And then it got to a point, it's funny, I was thinking about this the other day. It got to a point where it wouldn't start, right? Okay. But since it was a stick shift, my, my friends taught me, like, if you push the car and kind of get a rolling start on a stick shift, you could shift down into it and the car
1: would start, so, right? <laughs> so you'd be outside of your car, Dude. push it, and then jump in it? Dude, I would have <laughs>
0: dude i would have friends doc that would um i would have friends that would be outside of my car bro and um push it for me oh, that's <laughs> it hilarious started, like that's how bad i had no ac in florida um, no radio, so I literally just rapped to myself. <laughs> solitude. <laughs> yes, I go, solitude, dad. Um, you know, and like, dude, yeah, I, people would tell you, shout out to Peter, Loxley, Hopeton, all of these guys would tell you they haven't pushed that white little MX6 or oh, whatever man, it was. That's hilarious. Um, and it makes me feel good sometimes going out to, you know, my car now. It's funny, I literally thought of this like a couple of days ago. But anyways, <laughs> Will, man, I'm, I'm super excited to have you out at Leadership Talks. You know, that's why we kind of prompted conversation and build it up just to have a little build up um you know that let them know where 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 to uh, follow you on and then you know
1: we'll, we'll see you thursday bro absolutely oh instagram there's right. william simon butler okay i
0: love that name and that mon- that's money right there so william simon butler bro again thank you so much man if you want to leave them with anything leave them with something if not I appreciate you, man. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. Guys, you guys need to be there at Leadership Talks. Not only just just because I'm speaking, but every event. Show support. Show love. Ryan is literally doing so much for this market, bringing tremendous value, and it's not niche specific to one industry. So no matter... Who it is that you are What it is that you do You'll get value from it And improve your life
0: Nice Thank you guys man And make sure you go Check out the merch On benewrich.com That's b e newrich.com We got all the new merch Up there uh, All the special requests All of that good stuff So thank new, you guys new, again new. Tuning in now Let's go
1: New rich